Well, I want to welcome everybody to The Way this morning. We actually just had our Next Steps, Next Steps class this morning, and we had a ton of people. Raise your hand if you went to Next Steps today. Holy moly. So many. It was kind of hot in there, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, yeah, Michelle, it was definitely you. Um, welcome, guys. Um, I'm so thankful you guys are here today. Uh, I just have a few announcements for you, and then we can get right to it. Uh, next Sunday, we have... Um, we have an outreach team here, one of our serve teams, and one of their main drives is the food pantry. We have a food pantry that we, that we use out of our, um, our multi-purpose building, and they are distributing next Sunday, and they need your help, guys. They really do. If you want to get involved with this, see me after church, but it's, this is really something that's part of the heart of our church, and that's given back to people that need food, stuff like that. We pray with them. Um, it's, it's huge. So if you want to get more involved, see me after church, and I can get you in touch with the right people. Um, also, this week, we have on Friday the 13th. Now, I didn't plan this. That's not what I... We're going to an escape room. I know. Don't worry. I'll be there, too, so I'm kind of big. I can help. Uh, we only have a few spots left. We're doing this instead of Top Golf. Top, Top Golf kind of fell through, unfortunately, so we'll try to work that out maybe in the future. But uh, escape room, if you still want to go, there's a couple spots left. You can sign up on the app, but you got to do it, like, yesterday. So do it. Um, the only other thing is Nicaragua missions team meeting is after church today. So if you were planning on going to the Nicaragua missions trip, they need to talk to you in the back in the conference room right after service. All right. Teresa, you have something to share with us? Well, good morning. Um, I've had a few people ask me regarding connection nights when they start back up. And so I'm excited to come up here and kind of give you um, just a heads up that our connection nights will be starting August 22nd. So a little while, yeah, but we just wanted to get the word out there. And the reason why I am announcing this morning about our connection night is because we believe that one of the key reasons that we were made is to have relationship, not only with the Lord, but with each other as well. And so um, as you, when I was praying about it, I felt that maybe some of you in this room are, are asking the Lord, God, I want to grow closer to you. I want to know you more. What's my next step? What's, you know, what do I be involved in? And I just want to offer an opportunity that on Wednesday nights, we have a connections night, so we have children's ministry to all of our children as well as our youth church um, beginning August 22nd. But we would love to have you, if you're at all interested in being a table host, um, we need you. We believe that as you pour into other people, you yourself grow. That's the best way. I don't know if any of you have kids, but I have three under eight, and they're always like, why? Mom, why? 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 And I'm like, um, because I said so? No, I don't know. I don't know why. But it, it causes you, it pushes you into an environment of really understanding what and why and how and, and just really loving people too. And so if you're wondering, if you've been asking the Lord, maybe, Lord, what's my next step to grow closer to you and to grow closer to each other, we would love to have you be a table host. What we do is we have a short time of worship on Wednesday nights, if you've not been, and then we break up into different tables around the sanctuary and the church, and we provide you with the questions, we provide you with the resources. All we're asking of you is that you have a heart to love people, connect people to each other and to the Lord. And so if that is something you'd be interested in, again, download the app, 
go right on the very top when you when you go onto the app is connect and you can just fill out I, I'm interested you don't even have to commit but you can just say I'm interested in possibly being a table host and we'll go from there all right thank you so much here's Tim I literally almost tripped walking here that would have been the most embarrassing thing in the world everyone would have worn coffee in the first two rows um Welcome. Listen, I, we do have one more announcement. Um, if you are, would you, if you, I would ask you, if you wouldn't mind, please helping us. We are doing a shoe drive to try to um, collect shoes for some of the kids in Polk County that don't have uh, shoes for school this year. You may not realize it, but I, this is not my um, statistics, but they say that Polk County is one of the most impoverished um, counties in the nation. Um, for food and, and for um, resources, and so we want to help them, and uh, so if you would, there is a bin in the back, and we have a couple weeks left if you want to donate, so please um, buy a pair for, um, if you, when you're buying a pair for your kids, think of some others, that'd be great. Fantastic. If you would all get out your cell phones, cell phones, cell phone please, uh, this is how we do attendance. If you're here today and you don't want me to know that you came, then uh, don't do anything at this point, but we want everyone, we want to know that you're here, and so if you would text us right now, uh, our phone number is 777-3520, 777-3520, and that just says, hey, I'm here, and so what's going to happen, it's very important that you help with us. If you are texting for the first time, someone's going to reply to you, and we need you to reply to that message. Otherwise, it does nothing. And it's just all we're going to do is ask for your name in info. And um, then you give us that. And we have multiple gifts for you that we want to give you. It's fun. Great gifts. It's a lot of gifts. It's in the back. And it's good. And that's that. Great. So um, we are on the third week of this series that we're calling With God. And um, this series um, kind of... Listen, it's a big part of us. It's one of the four goals of our church, the word, the spirit, um, relationships, and giving. And so we, we think that the spirit is, is really, really, really important. This series was birthed out of an encounter that I had with a friend of mine who is now on staff at a church who retired from working as a first responder. And um, this person was very devout and a believer most of his life and loved Jesus. And uh, he's in a, on staff at a church that's flourishing. And I, I had an encounter with him, and I said, hey, how's it going? And he said, it's great. Being a pastor is not what I thought it was. And I said, tell me about it. <laughs> and uh, he did. And he, uh, he said uh, this phrase, which really um, cut to the core of my heart. And he said, um, it, uh, church ministry feels secular. And, um, and I, I thought about that, and I asked my wife to Google what secular means. Maybe I had a different misunderstanding of it. And, and uh, this is what the definition says. It says, denoting attitudes, activities or any other thing that has no religious or spiritual basis. And I thought about that, and I thought about how terrible it would be to be in ministry without any kind of religious feeling to it or spiritual feeling to it. Let me rephrase that. Can you imagine being on staff at a church and not needing the Holy Spirit to do kingdom stuff? And so I get a sense that globally right now as, as, the, as the church is growing, there's a lot of people that don't feel like they need the Holy Spirit to do things for Jesus. And as I thought about that more, I thought about how much of a problem that is, not just for this individual that's on staff at a church, but how this can relate to us as people that are trying to live for Jesus in a scenario where we actually don't sense anything spiritual happening in our lives. And I just thought to myself, well, how can we do anything for Jesus? How can we live for Jesus if we don't actually need him. And uh, I think that this is a terrible, terrible thought that 
we can be growing in life without God. And um, I think that that is awful because the only things that will be eternal are the things that we do with God and for God. And everything else will corrode and fade away. And so we can do a lot of things for him, but if we don't do it with him, and we talked about how Jesus says that um, I am the vine and you are the branches and you can do nothing without me. Um, but I, I do think that we can do a lot of things without God, but it's terrible the things in our life that we want to do, that we want to be great. We want to have this house or we want to have this marriage or we want to have this job or this career or these kids and how we can have these dreams and God can fulfill us to have these dreams and yet somehow they all crumble and they all fall apart because we've managed to build success in life minus God. And, uh, and I think the only things that are protected in our life are, the, are when, what we do with him. And anything else in our life he could take away. But God, don't, don't take your spirit from me. Isn't that what Moses said, right? When Moses had this crazy encounter with God and he says, God, I, I, you can take me from this place. But I don't want to leave here without you. And I don't know if you've got to the point in your life where you realize that you have a need for God. But I, I have great realization that um, aside from, from Jesus, my marriage is really going to f- not be that successful. I need his help to be the person that my wife needs me to be. I, I need his help to be the coworker that people are going to need me to be. I need his help to do everything that I'm trying to do in life. He is a partner in my life and I need him. And so as I think about this and the Holy Spirit, who is he? And so a couple weeks ago, we asked multiple questions without trying to give you guys any answers of who the Holy Spirit is. And then last week, we talked about some of those answers on who is the Holy Spirit. And some of the answers we came up with is that um, the, the Holy Spirit is God. He is part of the Blessed Trinity. The Father is the Son and the Holy Spirit. Any other idea or theology minus that, you're not getting that 90 of Christianity believes this, and you should probably refer back to the scripture to develop any other theology outside of that. Second thing is that that, that he is God, one. Two, that he is a person. And so I I have a person that I want to bring out to you. Brady, would you you bring out, uh, we have a person that um, is is kind of important. I want to introduce you guys today to my friend, uh, my friend, the person Holy Spirit, here he comes here. Would you guys give it up for Holy Spirit here? Welcome, Holy Spirit. Woo! Now, I want to I say uh, thank you, Brady. Uh, Bill, uh, help me. I, I texted, I said, Bill, I need you to help me, please, right now, before service. And uh, Bill, is uh, Bill. thank you for everything you do for this church. Uh, we have cool air today because of Bill. And uh, we have Holy Spirit with us today because of Bill. And so, Bill, I want to thank you for that. Uh, that's very good. There you go. Now, uh, the reason why this is important, and uh, we're in prayer here before today, and uh, I, I really felt like it was necessary for me to introduce to you that I, uh, my friend Holy Spirit today, because uh, what I realized is that in many of our opinions, the thought of Holy Spirit is uh, the Holy Spirit equals a dove, right? And uh, last week we talked about how a lot of people think the Holy Spirit is a Pentecostal experience, um, and uh, he is not either of those. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person, Period. And last week we showed you multiple verses from John chapter 14 through John chapter 16 where Jesus would refer to this person that he felt like if I don't leave, then he can't come. And this guy, he said, is a friend that's closer than a brother. Uh, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. That you will be filled with him. He will be upon you. He will be among you. He will be within you. That you are the temple of the... 
uh, that we know that the Holy Spirit will, uh, will, will, will be upon us, that, that, that we will, Jesus said that he will guide you into all truth, that he will teach you all things, that he will lead you. Uh, he said that John, uh, Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, he says that, that the sons and daughters are led by the Holy Spirit. And so what I think is funny is that many of us in life have figured out how to live for Jesus without him. And Jesus said that this guy is a helper. And he will help you and he will teach you and he will guide you and he, will, he is part of you in your salvation process. You can't be a Christian unless you are born again and you must be born by the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John chapter 3 as he's having his encounter with Nicodemus. And so what's really crazy is that I've realized is that many of us have not been entered into the doctrine or not, what's crazy is it's not even a doctrine, it's how we move and exist. Paul said that in him we live, we move, and we have our being. In him. In him. It's to our advantage, Jesus says, that he goes away so he can come. And so what, I'm, what, I, what I want to get back to is that in order to grow in Jesus, you have to have relationship with him. And what he is going to always do is that he is always going to point to Jesus. And Jesus is always going to point to the Father. And the Father is always going to point to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus. And they honor each other. So this isn't one without the other. But that Jesus, it's the, their strategy in heaven is that one person who walked the earth, the greatest man that's ever lived, the wisest human being that's ever lived, it was their strategy in heaven before the foundations of the earth were created. That this guy would come. And he would be with six billion people all at the same time. Minus that, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Spirit of God is there before the foundations of the earth were even created. So the heavens and the earth were created, and the Spirit of God hovered amongst the, the surface of the, of the earth. The Spirit of God's always been here, and He will be here long after you're gone. This guy is a big deal, and I want to introduce you to this person that is with you everywhere that you go. Some of my favorite times in life has been on the toilet. The Holy Spirit is with me. He is watching you always, everywhere you go. You know what I'm talking about? And so, yeah, I went there. Welcome to the Wake Community Church. You've never been to a place like this before, I promise. All right, here we go. So he is God, he is a person, and he is a helper. And uh, to some of us who have not been introduced to the Holy Spirit properly, uh, I want to make sure that you understand that. So we have the Old Testament, right? And then Jesus came and he changed everything. And, and you see that in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then um, what happens is that Jesus left earth. He gave the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 1, and, and uh, actually 2. And, uh, so, and, and then the Holy Spirit came, and the disciples became the apostles, and the apostles uh, would go on to teach all the things that Jesus said with the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Everyone with me? So the apostle Paul became one of the, uh, one of the original apostles, and his teachings are so important. They're so important. He wrote more than two-thirds of the New Testament. He is the apostle of our faith, and the things that he says matter to the doctrine and the thought process of how we become sons and daughters of God and how we grow as sons and daughters of God. And with that, I bring you to Acts chapter 19. I think that this is going to be really, really, really good for you. And uh, man, one of the missions at the church here at The Way is that we would all become disciples. Everyone say disciples. 
I think that uh, Jesus said in the Great Commission, not that we would make Christians, but that we would make disciples. He said, go into all the nations and, 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 and make disciples, not just Christians. And what I'm, the difference is, is that a disciple is someone who becomes like Jesus, who teaches others to become like Jesus. And my hope for you and for all of us here is that we would become like Jesus and we would teach others how to be like Jesus. And so here we are, the Apostle Paul, he's traveling and he's, he's, he's converting people to become disciples of Jesus and he's teaching them and he has this crazy encounter check this out in Acts chapter 19 and I think some of us that may have not been raised in our community or whatever you may have learned things outside of this and I think the Apostle Paul says that this is important check this out and it happened while the Apollos was in Corinth that Paul having passed through the upper regions of Ephesus after finding some disciples, verse 1. Let me stop there. The apostle Paul is traveling, and there was this other dude that was a teacher of Jesus whose name was Apollos, and he, you'll find him actually a few times in the New Testament. The Apollos is teaching people how to become like Jesus. And he, so Paul now, Apollos leaves. The apostle Paul comes, and he finds followers and disciples of Jesus, people that love God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength and make it their mission to teach others to be like Jesus. Are you with me? Disciples, like you and me. And the Apostle Paul finds a problem with this, though, in verse 2. Check this out. He says, uh, after finding them, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much of heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? Like the Apostle Paul's like, whoa, this is, wait, I'm sorry, what, um, how, how were you baptized? Father, Son, and Holy, no. All right, and so he, they say this, he says, well, we were baptized into John's baptism. The Apostle Paul said, oh, okay, John the Baptist, I'm with you. So the Apostle Paul said, John indeed baptized the baptism of repentance, meaning that we would all change our hearts back to God, that we would realize we've done wrong, we want to do right, we want, we, want to, we want to be right before God. Okay, great. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, and that is Christ Jesus. Let me stop there for a second. I find in the church today many people that believe that Jesus is Lord and don't know of the Holy Spirit. Let me time out for a second. I find many spirit-filled people in the church today that follow Jesus and they don't know of the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of people today that think that the Holy Spirit is weird. They don't want to have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to make sure that you understand that's crazy. The Holy Spirit is essential and critical to our spiritual development in God. He is so important. The Holy Spirit is not weird. There are people that are spirit-filled that are weird. They were weird long before the Holy Spirit came to them, and they will be weird long after that. I want to make sure that you understand that. There are weird people that love Jesus. There are weird people who don't love Jesus. There are weird artists. There are weird uh, mechanics. There are a lot of weird people on the earth, and that is not because of the Holy Spirit. That's just God made people, some weird, some not so weird. And uh, I, um, that's just that. But that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is weird. And so some of us don't know him. We only know people that have had spiritual moments, that have dominated church experiences. And so we equate him to them. And that's not the same. 
So the Holy Spirit is in all of us. And next week, we're going to talk about that a lot more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the gift of administration and the gift of help and the gift of prophecy are all the same spirit. But we don't give a lot of honor to the gift of administration or the gift of helps. We only like the ones where the people are falling on the floor going, going crazy. And that's the same spirit that's organizing order in the church. I want to make sure you understand. All right, cool. I got to get back to this. So John, so, so when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. I think that this is so cool here in verse six, because what we find is people that are disciples of Jesus, that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, just didn't know that there's more. And I think that some of us right here in this room love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you just don't know that there's more. Now, that does not, more does not mean that you speak in tongues and prophesy. I want to make sure that, 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 that that's clear. However, there's more. And there is so much more of God that I am yet to discover. You know, today we've only discovered, like they say, less than half of the ocean. So who are we to think that we have discovered fully what God wants to do on the earth or who he is or what he wants to do? To this day, I have still only discovered like a third of my wife. You know what I mean? Like I, I am still convinced that I have no idea who she is. <laughs> I thought that I knew. I thought that what, this was what she was going to like and this was going to... And no, wasn't it wasn't even close. Any other guy in this room want to help me with that reality? Uh, and so you, we just don't know. And if we don't know our wives... Don't try to pretend that we've got this guy all figured out because you don't. You ain't seen him, smelt him, touched him, or felt nothing. Like, you don't even know. Can he fart? I don't know. I don't know. Does my wife fart? I don't know. I don't know these things. She knows. She does. I do. That's for sure. She knows that. I apologize. Can we take that off the podcast? That's probably uh... Logan's like, no, I ain't doing that. All right, here we go. So, um, so that these guys, then they, they, they were, Paul laid hands on them after they, uh, they, they, they had a discussion. He said, look, man, you need the Holy Spirit. I laid hands on them. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. And it says that there was about 12 of them. And I think that this is important that you understand that other people that love God, this is part of their process. And uh, I think that you should hunger to know that there's more than what you're aware of. And the Holy Spirit does not equal speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit does not equal prophesy. The Holy Spirit is a person, and we need him. And Jesus said that he's a helper. And it's going to be hard for you to become righteous, to live for God, and do anything for him on your own. You need this guy in your life. So on that, uh, we start the sermon. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, knowing that I talked longer than I wanted to, uh, I'm going to try to zip through some of these topics quicker than I would have liked to. But um, there's a cool verse that I've kind of been an anthem in my life for the last 15 years. And uh, it's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. And it says this. He says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. But whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And he that sows of his flesh will reap of the flesh corruption. But he that sows of the Spirit will reap of the Spirit everlasting life. And what he's saying is, you can do things in the flesh or on your own. You can do things in the natural, or you can do things in the spirit. 
And so the difference is, is that you not relying on your own wisdom or your own effort or your own ability, but you're relying on the Lord to lead you and teach you what's right. Does that make sense? Because it's going to be hard for us to move on if we don't understand that the life that we live now, we live by faith in the Son of God, and we live by faith that He is going to lead us and guide us and speak to us. And some of us, it's been a long time since we heard the voice of the Lord, and, and it's hard simply to live for someone when you don't know what they want. And He's, he's the one that's going to lead us to Jesus and to the Father, not me, not this sermon, not my doctrine, not your pastor. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of our lives. He leads us. He guides us. It's Jesus. He is Jesus. Okay, I'm going to go forward. So what I realize is that how do you make any relationship flourish or grow? It's simply by doing things that they love or that they enjoy. That's it. You want to make a relationship grow? You do things that they like. You know why it's, uh, we don't all, like, our family that we, like, we're not always, always close to our family because they kind of can do things that they like and it's not like us. And so we like our friends sometimes more than we like our own family, which is bad. But you can pick your friends, but you can't always pick your family. You know what I mean? And so, um, so you tend to navigate to people that are like-minded to you. And so you develop in those relationships because you, you like what they do and what they say and what they like. Well, those relationships will grow. In other words, what I'm saying is, how do you make the Holy Spirit grow in your life? Simple. You find out what he likes, what he enjoys, and you do more of that. Period. So what does the Holy Spirit, who is with you always, what does he like? Now, I want you to know before I, I finish this thought, is that there, the scripture is, makes it very clear that there are many things that we can do in our life that he d- dislikes. It says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we can quench the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means that as He is in our life, there are things that we say and that we do that turn Him off. It's gross to Him. He doesn't like that. Makes Him feel uncomfortable. And when He's uncomfortable, you should feel uncomfortable. What I mean is that in our life, there are danger signs that He's like, don't, 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 don't. There's an alarm going off. That alarm gets quieter and quieter the less that we listen to it. And after we make the wrong decision, what oftentimes I have found is that our stomach is in knots. That was a bad decision. And we have the opportunity to do what he likes and we get closer to him. Or we don't do what what he likes and we grow apart. And the relationship becomes strained. It becomes confusing. We don't know how to relate anymore. I don't know what he likes. I don't know what to do. And it's just confusing. So... Enter into a relationship with the Lord, i.e. the Holy Spirit. What is He like? I wanted to make it simple for you. Well, there's some things that I felt like He likes, and I wanted to teach them to you. Pretty simple. One, He loves to bring us to Jesus. That's what He loves. That sounds kind of simple. Yeah. As we were worshiping today, I hope, I pray that many of you felt the Holy Spirit here in this house. It's what He loves. As we start to sing to Jesus, He loves where, 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 you know, where, as, as God inhabits the praises of his people. So as we start to think towards God, the Holy Spirit should come. I thought about two ways in which that happens. One, it happens in prayer. Prayer is so much easier when you're praying with the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to stop for a second. I'm not going to use you scripture because I'm going to try to zip through this point. When we pray, one, we have the ability to pray on our own or with the Holy Spirit. And what I mean is, when I start prayer and I'm not doing it right, prayer is boring. What I mean by that is that when I start off, okay, I'm going to pray and because I'm supposed to pray. And so here I go. And when I'm praying on my own, what happens is, is I start off with this agenda. Like, I'm going to pray for my mom. I'm going to pray for my brother. I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to pray for my kids. And I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to be done, and that's that. And when I got done, what I did was I said a whole bunch of words because I wanted to, because I felt like I needed to, and it didn't really amount to anything. It was religious. But when I stop before I start and say, Lord, what would you like me to pray for? It changes the nature of that prayer. And you get one word, I want you to pray for Kayla, or I want you to pray for, for Lee, who's, who's running an office right now. And I don't know if you guys know, we should all be praying for, for, for Judge Lee. Judge Lee, woo-woo. And, uh, uh, and so anyways, uh, Lee, would you wave at everyone? He's running for election, and so we should, I don't know if you know, but um, that's a really difficult thing. It takes a lot of courage. I think it's really awesome. Um, But there is time to time where uh, in my spirit, I feel like I need to pray for Lee. Why? Because he may be discouraged. He may have, someone that may have been a jerk to him regarding his election or his campaign or whatever. And, uh, and so sometimes we need to pray for their family or the, the, and this happens for everyone. And so God will give me a name. I pray for that name. And what happens is one, I felt like I did something that someone else asked me to do. And I feel greater and easier. And I was led because of it. The Holy Spirit loves to, to lead us to Jesus. And he does it first through prayer and second um, in conviction. Anytime I get right with God, it, it's always because of the Holy Spirit. He tells me I did something wrong, I make it right. He loves it. He loves to tell me that I'm an idiot. Before my wife tells me, or oftentimes after the Holy, my wife tells me, my wife will be the first and that she's the second version of the Holy Spirit. You know, and so uh, but what happens is sometimes I don't listen to my wife, but when he tells me, hey, you, you're, being, you're, not, you're not being wise right now. You need, to, you need to slow down and listen. And that's when okay. And the conviction sets in, and I'm not, I'm, I, I done wrong. I overreacted to my kids, or I said something inappropriate, or I'm driving too fast, or whatever, and I need to make right. And the Holy Spirit loves to lead us to Jesus. It's what he does. So he is here when we're worshiping. I want to make it clear. Two, the second thing that he loves to do is he loves unity. The Holy Spirit loves unity. Jesus said that he's praying in John chapter 17, and he's praying for the church. And one of the things that he was praying for is that we would be one with him, and we would be one together, even as he is one with the Father, that we would be one with the Holy Spirit and with each other. Check this out. Uh, on, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Let me start over. When we like each like this is where why I think some churches don't grow because they don't like each other. And what I love about our church is we actually I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I feel like most of us all like each other. It was really cool the July 4th this last week. Uh, Brady said that there was 86 of us that went to the 4th of July. I think that's something right. There may not even be 86 of us here right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but well, there are 86 of us. Why? Because we like each other. And when we all come together with one purpose and with one mission, the Holy Spirit's here. It helps when all of God's people are together in one mind. And all of God's people were together in one accord on the day that God poured his spirit out. 
but it's when people all have their own agendas and their own mission and they're all going to do their own thing that it's hard for God to have his will because the, there's chaos and there's confusion and there's discord and, and the Holy Spirit's not involved in that. Hmm. Here we go. I have to keep going. And then uh, they were all uh, tongues of fire and the Holy Spirit began to speak in all tongues and the Spirit gave them utterance and it's because there was, there was unity. He likes unity. Let me give you another example. Uh, again, I say to you that if two or three on earth agree concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst of them. That's not Jesus. Jesus doesn't jump down off the throne and get in between you guys and go, yeah, we're on the same page. No, he said, I am him. I, he will be with you always. And when you guys get on the same page, I'll be with you. I think that that's awesome. Holy Spirit loves unity. He loves when God's people get on the same page. He loves it. Loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it. That's why there's something to be said about humility. That's why there's something to be said about honoring others because this is what he does. He honors Jesus. Hmm. Okay, cool. Last thing that I'm going to say that he loves, he loves to reach the lost. Man, I have found this to be, this is, this is my experience. You may have other different experiences, but when I, how do I simplify things that I know 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 that the Holy Spirit loves to do? I believe that he loves to lead us to Jesus. He loves it when we come together and we like each other. And he, the third thing that I know that he loves to do is he loves to reach the lost. Let me show you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He is not power. He is not it. He is a person. And when he comes, then you're stronger than you were before he came. Does that make sense? It's like, he's bigger than me. I like that, Bill, you did this accidentally, but I don't know if you know this, but he's bigger than me. You know what I'm talking about? And so uh, when he, uh, he, I am more powerful when he is on me. And then here we go. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Why? Because he wants to reach the lost. So he's going to make you stronger than you were on your own. I said this last week. I think it was really great. I've quoted it like six times this week. I am not better than you because I have the Holy Spirit. I am better than me because I have the Holy Spirit. And that's that. He makes me better. He makes me stronger. He makes me more powerful to do something that he loves, which is to go and reach his kids that are lost. The last thing uh, Jesus said to them before, remember Jesus, he's talking to his 12 disciples and he's, he's going to send them out to go and reach the lost here in, in John. And he says this, John chapter 20, he said, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me, so will I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he wants to send them out to go reach the sons and daughters of God. And so you can't, you can't go and do, be effective for God in his kingdom without the Holy Spirit. Now, I wish that some more people in the kingdom today could figure this out because they think that he's weird and they don't want to have nothing to do with him, so they do it on their own. But man, if we're going to make an eternal difference, I was talking to a friend the other day. This is a rabbit trail. I was talking to a friend the other day, and they said that they, um, they, they were doing a parade trying to tell everyone about how great Jesus is, and on this thing, they were playing music, and they felt like the only thing that they were playing, this just happened, like in, in another state, in California, a friend of mine, California, parade, Jesus, church, trying to tell everyone he's great. They only played secular songs on the, on the, on the parade. Well, how did you tell anyone that, you, that God was great? If all you did was look like the world, how did, that was the interaction. Like we don't, we don't have to look more like them to reach them. We have to more like him because he's the guy that they need to look for. And so we don't have to be different other than you. Just actually being different is good. It's good. Diversity. Geez, yeah, it's great. Like you. All right, here we go. Another time. 
He loves to bring us to Jesus. He loves unity and he loves to reach the lost. These are things that I want to just simplify. And this is one of the things that he loves to help us with. And um, I don't think, I think the more that we are mindful of these things, the more we do these things, the more that we'll grow in him. Now, I want to make sure you understand the, the, the apostle Paul talked to these guys that were disciples of Jesus, but didn't have the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Corinthians that you can't confess that Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So if some of you, if this is a discomfortable, discomfortable, we'll go with it. Uh, if, if this is a dis, if this subject is hard for you, I want you to understand that you already have a measure inside of you of the Holy Spirit. Now, my objective as your pastor and as your friend and as your coach is to help you grow that measure by being more aware of him, by depositing and, 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 and sowing seed to that relationship, and then that relationship will grow, causing your awareness and other things and your ability to be more powerful for his kingdom. Man, you have to grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit in order to grow your relationship with Jesus, in order to grow your relationship with the Father. It's all three. You can't subtract them one from the other. And this is why it's really hard for Jews to, to, to grow further and further. In, in the, they love the Father. We love the Father. They're missing Jesus. They're missing the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to just love Jesus and the Father. There's a blessed trinity. We need to know all three of these persons. It's important. The Godhead. Three and one, one and three, three and one, one and three. Here we go. Okay, cool. I'm almost done. Is this making sense at all? One of my favorite things that I love that people tell me, like, I don't always know what to do when people compliment me or our church. I oftentimes just feel really awkward. But one of my favorite compliments is when people say, uh, I'm going to, Christine has said this to me on a few occasions. There's several of you who have said this, but she says it to me the most often. And so I'm going to use you as an example. I'm not going to bring you up, so just deal with it. She says to me all the time, she says, um, you know, I've been a Christian for, for years, but I didn't start growing until I came to the way. I love that. We want to help you grow, not closer to me, but to him. And in order for you to grow closer to him, you have to know that this guy, this person has feelings. He cares about what's going on in your life. He wants to help you be a better business person. He wants to help you be a better spouse. He wants to help you be a better parent. He wants to help you be a better friend. He wants to help you be a better coworker. He wants to help you be more influential and be a leader and, and, and make a difference in the world. But you could do it on your own. I just don't know how well you're going to be at it. Cool. So I, I think that having the Holy Spirit in our lives we should have an unfair advantage over everything that we do in this life. Having him, if he helped either this, either Jesus was lying in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, when he says that he will help us in, in, in all things, that he will guide us into all truth, that he will teach us all things. Either he was lying or he was telling the truth. He was telling the truth Having this person should make you better at everything that you do. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, now we can do some things. So if you have this guy in your life, you should be becoming pretty stinking awesome at everything you do. You should be a better uh, with your finances. We should be better uh, as we lead at work. We should be better in our home. 
or we need to learn how to follow more. The best leaders are the best followers, in my opinion. At least this is my conviction. So with that, I am going to close with four quick thoughts. You ready for them? Four quick thoughts that I want to add to you that I think I can help you this week if you do these four things, you will improve your relationship with this guy, i.e. Holy Spirit. One, wait on him. Jesus said, uh, he said it in the Gospels in John, and he said it in Acts. He says, but wait for him. Now, if let me, let me say this. In, in Romans chapter 8, when Paul said that the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, it's going to be kind of hard for you to be led by the Spirit of God if you don't know how to wait for the Spirit of God. So what I mean is, before you start your day, before you start your prayer. 90% of your prayer could just wait until you get a sense that he's with you before you start. But if you wait for him, your relationship will improve. Any relationship you have, if you wait until your partner feels that they're aware that you care about what they say and do, I believe the relationship will work better. Anyone disagree with me on that? So before we charge out and do and accomplish all of the lists that we know that we're going to do before the day starts, if we want to improve this relationship, you can either lead or he can lead. But I think that we'll be better when he leads. Wait for him. Wait for him. Number one. Number two, talk with him. Try to improve any relationship without talking. Some, some women are like elbowing their husband right now. <laughs> Talk more, jerk. Uh, and so uh, you have no feelings ever. Do you feel this right now? No. Uh, uh, and so, <laughs> sorry, dude. <laughs> I won't say it again. All right, cool. Um, if you talk with the Holy Spirit, you talk to him, you talk with him, it will improve. As you go about your day, ask questions. You know, I used to walk with this, uh, this prophet, and he, um, he used to teach me some things about how to prophesy, and he said, like, look, anyone can prophesy. We all have the, all, the, all the gifts, all the spirits. So you, can have, you, can, you can do all of them. And I didn't really know how I felt about that. But he was like, watch, let me show you. Here's how you're going to develop the ability to prophesy. Just ask God how he feels about that person. That's it. And I was like, whoa, that's heavy. God actually cares about everyone that you interact with. No, no, no. God loves. He's obsessed with them, and he wants to talk with everyone you know. And if you just talk with them about your day, about what's going wrong, complain to him before you complain to them, and then he'll correct you and tell you that they're important to, you, to him, and you need to come down off your opinion a little bit. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. One, wait for him. Two, talk to him. Three, apologize to him. I think that this is a big one. I think that all of us should know when we've done something that it doesn't line up with the word. Like, like this lines up with what you like and what you want, but it doesn't line up with the word. And so he's going to tell you, hey, look, you need to fix this thing. And I think that it's good when you know that you've offended or hurt. Like I've learned over the years now, most of the time, when I've done something that my wife doesn't like. 
I've, I've known now when I've done something my son doesn't like. My son is really emotional, and he can get his feelings hurt really quick. And it's important for that relationship for me to learn how to apologize. He is a person. He can be offended. If you learn to care about how he feels about what you do, you can improve your relationship. He will make your relationship better with every human being you have in your life. I guarantee it. If not, I haven't learned who God is at all. But he will teach you because some people can be difficult to work with. Some people can be difficult to love or like. And he will make it easier for you if you learn to apologize when he tells you you're out of order. Number four, fast. Fast is the microwave of Christianity, I promise. The, the John the Baptist, uh, dude, dude was like so crazy. Jesus said that he was the greatest man that ever lived. And the reason why Jesus said this is probably because John the Baptist was crazy. He was one of those people that were weird. You know what I mean? Camel hair and eating locusts and stuff like that. Weird was, dude was weird. But it was because he lived a life of fasting and prayer. All he wanted was to please God. And so all he lived a life of, of trying to reach out to people and get close to God. Now, John had a motto that I think was like huge for Christianity. Less of me, more of him. He said, I must decrease and you must increase. The fastest way to grow spiritually is to empty you of what you love. I promise what we love is comfort and goodness. If you just subtract in your life some of the things that make you feel comfortable, like, like here, try this. Like if you don't want to fast food, fast your couch. You want to watch TV? That's fine. Watch it standing up for the next month. God, I love you, man. This just stinks. I just wish I could just, I just want to be so close to you. I'm not going to sit on that couch right there. I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. You know, even though I'm going to watch this for an hour and a half, three hours of watching this show. Because you do. Let's face it, right? Read my Bible for two minutes and get three hours of, I know it. You're there. You're Netflixing. You know what I mean? What do they call it? Netflix and chill, binging. Don't sit down. We love comfort. And if you can minus, now the way that you fast, that you fast is to minus food. Subtract food in your life and seek the Lord. And you will, it, you will grow so rapidly in your life. It'll be unbelievable. And some of us haven't grown in years. And I think it's because we have forgotten how to subtract from our life what we love and what we desire and our own wisdom and our own strength and all the things that we're good at. We've learned how to do Christianity on our own. We've learned how to do marriage on our own, parent on our own, be a coworker, run a business, do a lot of things on our own. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. So if we're not led by the Spirit of God, who are we led by? I don't want to drive this, you know, Jesus, take the wheel and give me one more chance. I thought that was funny. So let me help you become a disciple of Jesus. Jesus said it's important that this guy comes and you're going to have to wait for him and you're going to have to let him lead, but he will help you. He'll guide you into all truth and he'll lead you. And so this week, I'm going to ask you to consider doing four things. One, wait on him. Two, talk with him. Three, apologize to him. And four, fast. You do this and I guarantee you'll rabbit growth. Let's pray. Father, 
You are the best thing in my life. I thank you that because of you, there's no more shame. I thank you that because of you, there's no more confusion. I thank you that I can stand confident and bold in you because of you. I thank you that you came. I thank you that you're here today. And I thank you. I want to uh, make sure that it's clear, Lord, that no one in this room should feel guilty for anything. You love us and you're with us. And because you're with us, it should remind us that you have not given up on us and that you still love us and enjoy us and you're still with us and you're not going anywhere. Your commitment was that you would be with us always. And I love that about you, God. You're the best, you're, you're the only person that's ever always there for me. I want to know you. I want to please you. I want to honor you. Would you lead me this week? Would you guide me? Would you speak to me? Would you teach me your ways? I'm hungry for you, God. Hungry to know you. Hungry to honor you. Hungry to follow you. I'm thankful for my church, Lord. I'm thankful for my friendships here. I'm thankful that there's a grace that's been here in the last couple of months, and it's been so apparent that our church is growing and that we're in a season, and I'm, it's because of you. So this week, it's, it's not by our strength. It's not by our might, but it's by your spirit. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. I love you guys. Remember shoes for those folks um, that need shoes. And um, that's all I got. And there's a meeting for the missions team in the back after service. Love you guys. Peace out.